I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wake up in the morning feeling like Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this is Try Hard's Podcast. This week on the podcast, we are obviously going to talk about the two Grand Slams. We'll be analysing some of the men's games. And Nolly is going to give us a full breakdown, team by team, of the Women's Championship. Episode four. And Six Nations is done. Like that? It's done. It is over. And Wales are the champions. And so are England. Well done to us both. Well done to (laughs) us both. Very surreal, actually, because I had a thought on the train over here to Cardiff this morning that this time last year it was my last ever game for England. Oh, now you're just a washed up old pro recording a podcast been. on a Monday morning. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, it's a special moment in the podcast, isn't it, today? Drum roll, please. But actually, don't do it on the microphone just in case. We've got our own microphones. Woohoo! Brand new and exclusive to the Try Hards podcast as opposed to not new and being borrowed from the Flats and Shanks podcast. But a massive thank you uh, to Mr. Shanklin, who has made a huge effort um, to drop these off and make sure that we've been able to actually get this podcast out. So thank he you has to been them. the fairy godfather of the tryhards. He's done a lot of running around with those microphones. He's dropped them off at my flat twice. I made him come to BBC Wales one day to drop them off. <laughs> What would we do without him? I know. They've been fabbed. But should we kick off? Try hard of the week. Yeah, I want to know who you got for me. Um, so I have two nominations. Oh, fancy. Number one um, is a really nice nomination, actually. Oh. Um, it's with someone that uh, has been trying really hard in their training. Young Ellie um, up in Nottingham. I made a very good friend at a course that I did recently, the TALS course. What's TALS? Um, TALS, Talented Athlete Lifestyle Support. Oh, wow. I know. So it's lifestyle management for athletes, which I actually really enjoyed. But I met him. um, He's under my phone as Tim TALS. Anyway, um, (laughs) he actually came shopping with me to help with um, my outfits when I went over to Monaco for the awards and also BBC um highlight show so, so he's a part-time stylist as well yeah he was class he was my um my gay mate in the shops um 
brilliant. Anyway, I digress. Back to Ellie. Back to Ellie. Um, she has been unbelievably keen with her uh, kicking and has been going down to the club on a really regular basis, uh, practicing it, mainly goal kicks. And, well, I just like to say well done, Ellie, because it's something that is really important to hear of obviously the first couple of pods my column we talked about women not kicking enough from a um, an early age and so she's doing that so that's well nomination done, number one well done who's your second uh second nomination has come from vicky fleetwood fleeto or as i call her flea um she got fined after the six nations in court um for her boyfriend tom chapman having better eyebrows than her oh wow <laughs> So she's nominated him for trying harder with the older threading, etc. I'm actually going to nominate Fleeto as my must try harder because she recommended a box set to me when I had the flu and I've overtaken her in the episodes now. So catch no. up. You tell me that you've been busy. Yeah, I can watch telly. Like, that's my job. Like, I have to do that. Not on Netflix. That's rugby. Yeah, but that. where do you think my ideas come from? Oh, Some of my best ideas come from watching films and stuff. Anyway, do you have a try? I'm just going to ignore you now. Um, do you have a try hard nomination? I've got two. I've got two noms. Um, number one, he has been nominated for a number of awards this week, including player of the championship, Mr. Alan Wynne Jones, uh, King of Wales, Eddie Butler called him before he lifted the trophy. He said, The King of Wales is presented the trophy from the Duke of Cambridge, which I liked the poetry of that. But uh, just before full time, obviously, there was a consolation try for Ireland. And as Wales went back behind the posts for the conversion, he was caught on uh, one of the cameras by BBC telling the boys, we're going to charge the kick. Like, <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. Oh, my God. So uh, maybe he knew that I predicted a Wales by 20 margin. He was just trying to help me sound All correct. Right. It's not that you've told me, well, and everyone else around you um, that you've done that. All right. But I'm just telling you again. Uh, so he's my number one nomination. Yeah, but who did you say that was going to win with England, Wales? I didn't say that. Uh, yeah, all right. I England. <laughs> Martin Williams reminded me that again yesterday. So. Oh, dear. All right, well. But anyway. Uh, and then my second nomination um, is another Grand Slam winner, uh, Bryony Cleal. <laughs> Why? She uh, should play on uh, Saturday. Uh, she was water girl. Yeah. Um, but she did strip off to full kit for the end of match. Oh, I know. She did a John Terry. Yeah. So she went from bin juice to uh, starters. <laughs> to be fair, she did the best Instagram um, story of the weekend. She posted, I think the girls have presented it, that, like they've done shirt prayers, which we always do with the Red Roses, like pre the night before yeah and um, like most teams would and I think that they actually presented her with a water girl shirt oh. or her water girl bib sorry and um she put on her Instagram um that she was gonna have a solid 80 minutes as water oh, girl. Yes. <laughs> um and uh, yeah uh team binges uh on Insta um reposted it which I thought was really funny I think we'll uh we'll share the spoils amongst all four of the nominees this week I'm uh I like yours, but I'm going to say Ellie is my winner. Oh, congratulations, Ellie. Uh, you're going to get one of our non-existent prizes through the post. <laughs> so don't wait by the post box. Okay, so what what have you been up to this weekend? Oh, well, um, on Saturday, got up, uh, washed my hair, um, put a plait in it. Which um, you haven't done today. Cheeky. Uh, got the bus into town. Uh, it was quite busy in Cardiff on Saturday. 
Uh, yeah, it was. Um, there were a few people about. Uh, went down to the Principality Stadium. Uh, it was lasagna in the press room this week. Solid. Solid. Um, and then it was a crumble for dessert, which Did somebody... you ask, would you, do you like, do you like crumble? I love crumble. We used to have crumble as um, like our staple dessert that was sent through from the nutritionist. But there was a stage Delish. where, yeah, no, you'd think that. But basically they changed the recipe so it was dust on top, oh. which was horrendous. Because for, for, I reckon, a good solid two years of the crumble everyone would just scrape the crumble off the top and if you were late you got the well do you the know fruit what? at the bottom that was the uh, that was the accusation in uh, <laughs> the press room on saturday were fingers being pointed at alan quinlan that he'd gone in and just taken the goodness off the top <laughs> and everyone else basically had apple stew so uh did that then i went up to the um commentary position oh what else did you do in the uh in the media bo- in the media room though i was throwing around my predictions for the game and what did you what did you actually say i said Wales by 20 and everyone was very negative and there was a lot of oh I don't know this could be a bridge too far and you know the last time we lost to was Ireland all this kind of thing and I stuck to my guns and someone made a little sarcastic comment at me but did they uh, yeah yeah someone I heard a, I heard a bloke call me a uh, silly girl so well, you are <laughs> <laughs> yes I am but I was right so uh, yeah I went up to the uh, commentary box shared my fisherman's friend and my wine gums around right this fisherman friend situation just because you've got spearmint flavour I've got cherry now as well mate they're rank I'm blackcurrant oh my god are you sponsored by them Hey, Fisherman's Friend, if you want to get in touch, <laughs> I reckon I'm the only person under the age of 70 who still buys Fisherman's Friend. And yet, every time I give someone one, they're like, sorry, am I touching my ear and distracting you again? LJ does the weirdest stuff when you're just sat there. It, it, like, what are you doing now? I've undone my trousers. <laughs> they were too tight. <laughs> um, you, you couldn't... I, I don't think I would take... A, you know when you sometimes go... And they're giving away freebie packets to like tasters. Yeah. I wouldn't take a packet of Fisherman's Friends because they're they're not worth. Well, for me then. Then they're not worth carrying them. They're that awful. You're pathetic. But I have got off topic there. I then sat down in the commentary box after I'd shared my sweets out, and um, enjoyed eighty minutes of Wales dominance and a Grand Slam, and it was Susan Pibb. It was good. Um, to be fair it was good although I actually didn't really get to see it very much because I was working in hospitality at Twickenham and they had it on the screens around but we were like chatting there was a few players Corporate up coin, there. Yeah. yeah we were chatting up there <laughs> and um, so met some really lovely people um, had a bit of bants about um, what was the, the mood game? like at Twickenham because Wales are one because obviously it's a strange it one the England game dead rubber at that point um, it's a strange one but I think it's because it's it's such a an iconic game people just wanted it to be a good good rugger match um but the so weather noble. was howling just like um at the stadium um the principality stadium yeah. and um it was buzzed yeah but um yeah it was strange it was just i don't know it people were a little bit flat and kind of ignoring it um and not really many cheers going up very often were you surprised by the wales result i know that on match pint you went for a wales win despite last week saying yeah changed my mind changed your mind you only said that last week to wind me up and i fully accept that um but were you surprised by the manner in which they won i think they started so well um and i watching it back i was just for a team that had only given away 19 penalties in four games with Ireland, 
to then see them basically crumble. They to, absolutely capitulated, yeah, didn't they? In terms, in terms of how they um, lost the referee and their body language, their frustration. It was just really un-Irish, if that's a but way to say it. In terms of un-Irish, it was almost like, oh, Marsh, I've never in my days known a referee to give so many decisions Wales is way <laughs> it was, was a bit like, random I th- where are you from <laughs> Bridget yeah like- I think even the commentary team were a bit surprised at times but like there was there was uncharacteristic errors um some of the decision making you know kicking to the corner and not taking the points they've done that all tournament you know is that coming from um Joe Schmidt or is that coming from the leaders it, you don't know um and I haven't heard in an interview who's claimed those decisions. But is that something that they're looking to because of the World Cup? Or is it, you know, and that's what they, they see that they need. You know, everybody has scenario-based training. And so is he saying, actually, let's use these games as you've got to kick to the score to the corner to win a knockout match in a World Cup final, which actually yeah. is brilliant pressure training, but you're sacrificing potentially a Six Nations because of it. Yeah. Um, you know, CJ Stander knocking on that free kick, taking the free kick in the first place at the yeah. scrum. I'm not quite sure what he was thinking. Um, at that point, it was it started to feel like you were watching like a car crash in slow motion. Bit there, harsh. There were a couple of the moments when yeah. Sexton put the ball out on the full, when he passed it into touch. You were like, oh, stop, yeah. he's already dead. <laughs> yeah. But then saying that, it was like in complete contrast, you had Wales, you know, Everybody in particular, Navidi, I mean, Alan and Jones are just monumental in defence. Anscom casually, every penalty, stepping up, getting the three points. Um, the, I, I think the keenest rugby player of the Six Nations, Dan Bigger, get him getting on early was just like... This is he, my moment. Yeah, he won the lottery. Um, but him and Anscombe so well balanced. Like yeah, I actually think game. I think it worked in... Um, you know, George North is a really good player. Um, and it's such a shame that he got injured when he yeah. did because what he's done for Welsh rugby and, and who he is as a player would be devastated to not be on the field yeah. for longer. However, Bigger being on there just created a different identity to that back line mm-hmm. and opened up the game differently. You know, Bigger is so abrasive and under the high ball, there were certain moments that he, I don't think if Anscombe had been at 10, he would have produced those moments. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he gets my Kino of the Week award. Kino um, of the Week. He'll but it was that. good. It, it was, I think, well, you tell me, what was Cardiff like? Obviously, there'd been so much made of the decision to have the roof open and how that would impact the game. And ironically, I actually preferred the roof being open. Did you? Why? Absolutely loved it. Um, it's I, loud, mine, when it's closed. Yeah, but do you know what? It's weird because I always say, for me, the best atmosphere I've ever experienced in that stadium, and it's always broken me to say it, um, was not for a Welsh rugby match. It was for... Really? Yeah, it was for France, Ireland in the World Cup. I think we've probably mentioned this on the pod before. Absolutely insane. Incredible. And because all you could hear was singing and... When the roof was open this week, it almost felt like you could hear what people were singing as opposed to a, a group in one corner starting All right. something. Were you, like part of the choir, were Well, you? no, but, but there, you, know, you think the choir from pre-match, using the anthem, are sat in the bottom corner of the lower tier. So the same side as the tunnel. Do they sit in the stadium they to sit, sing? Yeah, yeah, they sit. 
no, not to sing. When you know they sing on the pitch, yeah. When they finish, they yeah. go and take their seats. Do and they, they get sit. actual seats in yep. the stadium? Oh my yep. god, that's amazing! They sit on the corner. No wonder you all sound in tune. You've actually got a choir. Welsh. To be born Welsh is not to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but with song in your heart and poetry in your soul. I literally hate you a little bit right now. <laughs> Let's have a, a word on Ireland. Have they peaked too soon? No, I think this will benefit them because they've lost the top dog um, title. They're now underdogs and they perform well as underdogs. Do you know what? I'm not arguing with you over that, but I've heard that said so many times over the past 48 hours. And yet Ireland have never gone into a World Cup with any kind of favourite tag before and they've never got past a quarterfinal. So, But they've never beaten New Zealand before going into a World Cup. Fair. And, it, you know, as much as it was, they haven't done well this tournament, I don't think it's an issue. I think that they'll be absolutely fine. I think Sexton and Murray will, you know, they've completely lost their heads in certain games. They've got they've got loads of time in terms of turning things around from a club perspective. They're competitive beasts. That's why they are who they are. That's why Johnny Sexton is was World Player of the Year last year. And... You know, he will be the first to say, and you can see by his body language and his his language as well, leaving yeah. fields, how frustrated he is. Um, they'll be fine. Come World for Cup Sexton, time. is it going to be a case of getting as much game time as he can to refine that form? Do you think? Um, yeah, he came into the tournament having not played since Christmas. England was his first game back from a knee injury, and he hasn't had a great platform from the forwards. Um, he's made individual errors compounded by the fact his nine's not playing that well kicking that well because actually when Munster play really really well it's because Connor Murray takes the pressure off with incredible uh, box kicking Um, but you know and everyone's raving I mean Ireland obviously have lost a couple well quite a lot of people to injury um, with Joey Carberry out I think it was a shame it would have been interesting with Sexton not playing that well with a Carberry would have come on earlier than Carty did, yeah. Um, which I think he probably would have done because he did. Well, he was fo- it was forced against Scotland, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, because of injury. But I think he's done well with his game time. And I don't think that anyone should worry about a couple of bad performances in the Six Nations where his whole team weren't great either. Okay, um, you were at the Calcutta Cup. I was. I was in hospitality with Mother Hen Sue. RF Sue Suba. She loves it. So I was very lucky uh, to get last minute hospitality tickets for my mum and I through Dell Technologies um, and Alana, um, great woman. So I dropped her a message and was like, please, can I come in? Um, and yeah, went in, um, had a good curry and yeah. then uh, chicken, watched please? the game. Chicken. It's yeah. a bit spicy. It was a bit spicier than I was expecting. Though. So really? I had a massive, massive mouthful of curry rather than rice. Struggled a little bit, not going to lie. Um, but really nice people in there. Mum loved it. Um, my auntie, my mum's sister, um, she's obviously English, but she married a Scot and they're all, and her children are Scottish. Uh, like So I think my mum, well, my mum always cheers on Scotland against England because she loves an underdog. Oh, <laughs> so I had to like give like her it. a whack in the back of the head at one point because I was like, <laughs> when she was cheering on Scotland when they were winning. But anyway, all's well, that ends well-ish. <laughs> 38, 38. What a get! I mean, 
talk about a game of two halves, eh, LJ? You hate a cliche. I, I hate the it. fact that you've come out with that this week. Who impressed you for England in the first half? I think it was quite it was a, a few decent players. England performance. Yeah, no, um, Curry, a couple of couple of really good turnovers. Try, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. I thought he was actually really good all game. Um, he did give away one of the penalties that led to the kind of comeback from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jack Knoll was so busy all around the field. Um, took his f- took the try like within three seconds of the whistle, really, really well. Um, Johnny May, great under the high ball, looked looked dangerous every time he got his hands on the ball. His strike rate for England at the moment is insane, isn't it? Yeah, but it's going to be. It's like Jess Breach, you know. She's lightning quick. She's threatening ball in hand, but they've they've also got um, they've got fly halves that can kick the ball and yeah. will c- and find space in behind, and they've got centres that can distribute. So, like both teams on the England side are going to benefit people like Jess and Johnny because they can um, they they're really good finishers. Um, who else? I thought Sinclair was abrasive powerhouse um like really good it was such a shame actually because ben moon who i really rate and went off after four minutes with a stinger um to his to his neck um i think he must have trapped a nerve or something because he is it like that thing when you like move your head too quick up when you've got a hangover um i I wouldn't necessarily compare it to that it's probably a little bit more painful all right (laughs) considering i saw him after the game he could hardly move (laughs) Nolly, not all of our listeners will be from professional athletes, so I'm just trying to put that into context for people at home. And I think I'm probably a more relatable human when it comes to stuff like that because I know I've been in that situation where I've twinged my neck and thought it was the end of days. So I can only assume Ben Moon went through something similar on Saturday. I'm sure he would like to hear that um, it's similar to you cricking your neck when you. Uh, are to be hungover. fair, I did have a trap nerve in my back once when I tried to put my swimming costume on in my hallway <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning. Though I'd had a heart attack when Were I woke you, up like, on the floor. Going swimming? No, I basically. Or was this packing for Exeter was, again? No, it wasn't Exeter. It was <laughs> it was Galway. Basically, oh, we were going oh. to Connacht to do an OB an outside broadcast for those at home, and we were staying in a really nice hotel. This is when I went for Sky. And I thought, it's got a lovely pool and a nice spa. Pool. But I'm a bit worried that my swimming costume is a little porno. So I thought I would I'd be as well. I thought I'd better try it on just to make sure. And I stuck my arms through the armholes, then went to pull them up. And the next thing I knew, I was laying on the floor in my hallway at here. And I thought I'd had a heart attack at first because I just didn't know what was going on and then realised I couldn't move from my neck to my waist. And basically, where I've got like a disc issue, I had like twinged the nerve and like pinched it and just like sent my entire... Could you move your legs? I could move my legs, but I couldn't move. Do you like salmon push your way along the... Literally, salmon push my way I've never seen your eyes big so big. I mean, you've got big (laughs) eyeballs anyway. I've just seen all of your eye, I think. (laughs) I, I was genuine it was five o'clock in the morning I thought do I ring an genuine. ambulance genuine I got to about seven without ringing the ambulance and I rang my mother so she sent my dad to come get me so I rang her again and I was like how long until you're here she was like I haven't come with him I was like Karen I started this story by telling you I was trying to put a swimming costume on I can't move my upper body what do you think I'm wearing now with the fried eggs out literally had the fried <laughs> eggs out so I had to like try and manoeuvre myself in some clothing so yeah anyway. back to England Scotland yeah so um 
So we digress. Ben Moon. Ben Shame. Moon. Shame. Um, I thought Scotland, Finn Russell, brilliant. Um, obviously orchestrated, heard that word a bit, um, this last couple of days. Um, their, their return back to the game because they didn't seem to really turn up um, for the first half. I thought his pass selection is incredible. It is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, on one of the tries when he puts it into the... Sp- What's really good is I hate it when players pass the ball to the player and not to the space that they are going to go in. You're moving forward yeah. and therefore you need to anticipate where it's like that kind where of... Where you need it. ...scientific angles yeah. um, or trigonometry. Yeah. <laughs> Cosine, toe, whatever it is. Sin, cos. Oh, yeah, that's maybe it. <laughs> My dad's going to be disappointed. Sorry, Jim. Um, I, yeah, he just put the ball into the space. Sean Maitland hit it at, like, unbelievable pace. And then who was it that got on the end of that one? Darcy Graham? Yeah. I like how they've had so many injuries and those players who've come in have, you know, almost gone in with a mentality of this is an opportunity, not I'm plugging a gap because... The wheels have fallen off the original squad because of injuries. It's a case of, well, now's my chance. I want to go to Japan later this year. Gregor, pick me. Yeah, and I think 38 all is fair for both the teams. So, well done. And the Calcutta Cup goes back to Scotland. Yeah, I know. Never mind. (laughs) Let's move on then to the last game, which in fact was the first game of the weekend. Can you remember... (laughs) What France and Italy play for? Gary Baldy Cup. Congratulations, well done, well remembered. I know, not the only one that's got a good memory, Laura Jane. Elephants never forget. France started off having a bit of a shocker, to be honest. A couple of penalties, um, hand handling errors, lots of unforced stuff that they were just giving, giving cheap possession back to Italy. And to start off with, I really liked the fact that they, they took the points. And then they decided to kick to line and they, they just... Butchered, I think it was like three line outs in mm. a row and then let France off the hook. And then it was, there was one just before the half time actually. And it, they were, they were six, 10 down. If they'd kicked it nine, 10, I mean, that's one, like one point is nothing. And it's a yeah. di- totally different mindset. I reckon Conor O'Shea had said something because the next time, the next half, as soon as they got a penalty, they went for points. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought it was, it was quite an exciting game. I think the t- Peno was brilliant. Um, on the wing for and Huger as well actually for France um, I think the forwards were inconsistent for the French they, they lost line outs yeah. um, Bamba got a little bit screwed in the scrum which he's so young though isn't he yeah and but at the same time he's just brilliant around the field yeah. I actually think that as much as France have been fully criticised and taken God, to, the, to, to hell and back in yeah. terms of the, what people have said to them I think in terms of what they've created, this Six Nations has been superb. They've got a halfback pairing that will be exciting at the World Cup. Yeah, they finally are settled on DuPont and Entermach and they look like an absolute dream for the future. Yeah, they're 100% the future. I mean, last week they got their decision-making wrong in terms of playing Ireland in the rain over in Ireland and... DuPont in particular, his his game management was poor. Um, 
in the in the sunshine in Italy it was different um, but that's because they're young and they'll learn the lessons unfortunately the hard way yeah. but that's fine because they've got plenty of time but not necessarily before the next World Cup what's great is they've got no pressure on them and young players will go into that World Cup with the most amount of energy with an enthusiasm that's infectious and they also don't have the pressure because Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Because they're young. Anyway, should we talk about a bit of women? Let's talk about the girls. Here come the girls. Girl, girl, girl. So I thought, instead of doing analysis of the games, I thought we could actually do a bit of a summary of the teams. Oh, I like it. Yeah, a bit different. Who are we going to start with? Are we going to start with Grand Slam champions England, the Red Roses? Yeah. Let's Why do not? It. Let's do it. I think they had a very good tournament. Well, they won a Grand Slam. They did. Um, I don't think... I think they scored like 45 tries. Um, That's decent, that is. Yeah, some pretty decent stats. Um, I think it was 278 off the top of my head points. Um, I think in terms of their defence, the pressure that they put under t- teams under was brilliant. However... Um, Better teams will cope with that in a better way. So well, that's what when they play ask. the back So eighty points on Scotland on the weekend, absolute bloodbath. Um, somebody said yesterday it's not entertaining rugby when when that's happening, um, and perhaps the level of competition in the Six Nations, England are um, a level above. So what's it going to be like when they come up to face um, a, a full strength Black Ferns fifteen? Um. I think it'll be a really great game because the one thing that England have done really well this Six Nations is create some depth. Um, the youngsters have had plenty of game time apart from one position. Um, what are you going to say? Yeah, number 10, Katie Daly-McLean, played every minute. She would have played every minute of the tournament if it hadn't been for a yellow card at the end of the game on the <laughs> weekend. <laughs> Seven minutes, yeah. Um, and I, I, that's my probably my biggest question mark over the red roses because 
it seems it's just a position making yeah it's really odd and i middle to not to have moved zoe to 10 at half time or something we especially when you've got rachel burford on the bench yeah because it's not like you build her into the gate you build zoe into the game with katie on one side skaz on the other she built you know she actually has played well the six nations and you then just take katie off but you know whether it's with 30 to go 20 to go you bring Rachel Burford on you sandwich her with experience um and she's already into the game so yeah she can continue to learn her trade in international uh colors but it really really strange decision from from uh from Simon to not do that but um, as a player how would that make you feel do you think that's going to have any impact on her confidence that she's not getting that that time and, and chance I'm not sure because she was kicking goals. Um, she hadn't kicked goals before. She had a bad quad. Um, and you saw she nudged one from the touchline against Italy, which was awesome. And then Katie took over the reins. So I don't know whether she tweaked it um, then. But I just... It's not the fact that she'll lose confidence because at the end of the day, she's in the starting shirt. So yeah. they're obviously backing her. Um, it's more... the. It's not just her having the opportunity to play there. It's also the team playing around her. Yeah tens move the squad move the team around the field they call the plays they you know decide a lot of stuff and Katie is the linchpin at the moment for England England's women's and without it's more what the team will be without her but at the same time the timing of the running off Zoe she carries the ball very differently she's a very very different style player to Katie um so it's yeah, it's it, it's all of it really that is a little bit confusing, um, but I think I've got to give a shout out to the outside backs. Um, they're getting on the end of some awesome kicking. Yeah. Emily Scarrett was um, showed how simplicity can be beautiful at the weekend. Her kicking, her passing to the edge. She got player of the match and and fully deserved it. Um, in that type of condition, she just needs you know you just need to get the territory or, or put the other people away, and she did that really well. Um, Jess Breach picked up a couple um, off the floor to score, did a beautiful dive. And after the game, she said it was a great picture for the gram. Oh, <laughs> or going it. to be. Um, Do it for the gram. Yeah. Um, I think this tournament for me has been about the forwards um, for all the teams. Um, but we'll start off with obviously the Red Roses. We're talking about them, and Sarah Byrne has just been something else. Um, absolutely something else yeah she's she's brilliant and she's such a great girl she's the most smiliest um happiest person ever well i actually loved it after the wales game when obviously she scored two tries in that match uh one of them being the absolute hot stepper run uh where you know she's a prop trapped in a center's body at t- or a center trapped in a prop's body is probably more <laughs> appropriate there um and then she comes off and gives like the most eloquent interview afterwards as well and is so happy to be there and uh, she's she's pretty awesome so i think she's impressed a lot of people over the course of this tournament yeah and actually has been nominated as one of the players of the tournament which, which is phenomenal yeah alongside three guys and i think what's really cool is people are just recognizing that it's she's played some amazing rugby like male or female yeah. um so she's done really really well um their set piece has been class and they've been dominant in both scrum and line out um and just there's one thing about england over the majority of the other teams they the forwards run hard and they run straight they don't yeah. run outside arcs which actually is easier to tackle um as a little person for a big person running at you um they check back like poppy cleal ran a couple of awesome lines um 
on the weekend and then she put Sarah Beckett away for the first first try I think of the game um, and their handling their ability to move the ball yeah um, it's kind of emulating the likes of um, I suppose from the men's game Mako and Billy Vinopola yeah um, which you know they they add a different class to the England men because they're such a, a threat ball in hand in terms of their carries, but then they can they've got the the soft skills to be able to push it out the back if they want to or do the out the back offload and yeah. and that's what we've seen from the England forwards, which is great. I'd say the two concerns for me or the two things that they will be looking to work on is um what's happening about the ten shirt. Yeah. Um, but also some of their basics under pressure. For thirty minutes, um, Italy held England to seven nil. Um and throughout the game their line speed they did give away penalties but they sacrificed the penalties to get the line speed on them defensively yeah. and England made a lot of unforced errors in windy but sunny conditions um I've got to sound like a <laughs> <laughs> um what can we so yeah that would week, be Molly? that would be something <laughs> that would be something that um I'm sure they will be practicing but will need to practice when they're um against the likes of the Black Ferns who put a whole lot of heat on yeah. from a defensive perspective so who are we going to talk about next? Should we go down the table? And Italy, Italy wow. second. Who would have thought it? Oh my God. I ended up watching the game. Um, it was World Feed with Nick Heath commentating. And um, he, I, I, I saw his tweet and I tried to click on the link on my laptop. It wouldn't work. It w- um, and so I ended up watching it on my sofa, on my phone with my <laughs> mum. And we were cheering on Italy. Um, France looked like they couldn't be bothered to be there. Some of the unforced errors was awful um but fair play to italy again really impressive um defensive line speed commitment to the tackle area um but also they're they're they have a kicker they've got solari at 13 i think she's about 50 kilos soaking through soaked through um but um she yeah she she built the score for them yeah and they didn't kick to the corner they didn't try and get the bonus point which they needed um to come second they just backed themselves to win the game and the pressure that they were putting on because France aren't good when you build a score against them and yeah it was brilliant Uh, I thought it was really really great and they've um, been great value throughout the tournament I thought they were great this tournament I think that they were the only team really to put England under a lot of pressure yeah um if they'd scored early on um when they made a line break and the ball was thrown on the floor then it would have been seven seven and a bit of a different half in the first half against the Red Roses um but I think they've they beat Ireland and never beaten them. Um, and it was and epic that game as well. Yeah, and they they held. They've scored some really good tries through very experienced backs. Um, Ferland became the most capped player um, in Italy. Their captain from fullback, and yeah, and and by the sounds of things, um, there's a real real buzz of um, women's rugby in Italy. Yeah. Um, so. Any clubs in a warmer environment like me to come over and coach? I might head over there for the it's summer. It's interesting to see um, women's sport in general in Italy. I don't know if you saw they had 68,000 for the um, Atletico women's match this weekend. Oh, wow. Unreal. So let's hope that we see that kind of crowd for an Italian women's rugby match soon. Um, any players you want to mention in dispatches for Italy? I think, for me, one of the players of the tournament behind Sarah Byrne is Franco. Yeah, the open side. Um, she is brilliant some of her ball carries I mean she does love to run off out in the backs um but she did a lot of graft and hard work in the last couple of games in particular against the French and 
yeah her offloading she will always it always seems to win the first collision yeah um and puts in a big shift defensively so she wasn't actually that good against the english um she went a little right, bit quiet harsh. i hope she's not yeah, listening no, um no i'm being like i'm sure the the standards that she set against the other games you didn't necessarily see her as much um but then they again they like other teams they didn't get that much opportunity um she did have a good couple of carries but she had a lot more ball in the other games um and was yeah a real force to be reckoned with so third in the championship table were france are you surprised to see them finishing third yes um but then i i'm also not because they knew they weren't going to get the grand slam um or win the obviously because they lost to england <laughs> that was quite early on That's how that works um they knew that they couldn't get the championship because england had got the grand slam um i actually think that this year seems to have been a bit of a growth year for them. Yeah. Um, they've been really indecisive with who they want as their halfback pairing. And Bourdain is an unbelievable player, but they've been swapping her between nine and ten. And I actually don't think that they needed to pick for this tournament and then just back it. Because moving Where do you her think around, she needs to be? I don't know. I think I actually, well, no, I do know. I actually think nine. Um, but when Drouin is back from sevens, um, because... I, you know, France have been doing really great things in the sevens program. They're missing a lot of players um, to their sevens, and they've brought in some really young girls this tournament, in particular in the backs. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think they'll. I think they'll be upset that they haven't gone and won the Grand Slam, but they've done a lot more in terms of building depth and got more from the tournament than, um, yeah, than most teams there fourth bit of a shock this one wales what? finished fourth having shared the wooden spoon spoils last season they got a draw against italy which now looking back looks like a really great result that they managed to yeah, get that draw out there in italy um and to hold them trialless after you know italy have scored some absolute buttes since then um obviously lost to france and england one away in Glasgow last weekend, which I was quite surprised by the way the the manner in which they did it. But then this weekend against Ireland, everything came together for them and they looked like a really good side and, you know, bonus point try and all. Yeah, I think um I think scoring against England and those two tries gave them belief that they could against yeah. a team that you know, a second in the world and performing really, really well. Because, you know, to do how they did, they did, you know, they had got a backs try, they got a forwards um, pick and go try. And I think that you could see how that galvanised the team. I think having Snowy back um, massively helped, yeah. especially at the weekend, the way she played at the line. She was real brave in defence against some big Irish ball carriers. Um, but, yeah, fair play to them. Um, I think that they've done well. And actually without a lot of players. There's quite a few Welsh girls. Gemma Rowlands is at Wasps. Yeah. Um, she's fought back from injury. Um, she had ankle surgery. Um, and I don't think she's available for the last couple of games of TP15s. But, you know, she's been a player that has been around the the, the Welsh squad for, for a number of years. 15s and 17s. Yeah. So you've got her, you've Dufky Howell is not playing, um, Ree Parker isn't involved and I don't know like I actually don't know why they're not involved. Um, but yeah, they I think they've got some really great results with yeah. some really senior players playing not playing. I think the only cons the only thing this is gonna sound quite brutal okay. and I'm it's quite harsh, 
but I don't think that the the Welsh team across the board because some players are in great nick um, their SNC is good enough I really? don't I don't think that they're fit enough I don't think I think they're carrying a bit too much some players yeah. and you know I'm saying this because when you start mixing it with the top teams, you have to be incredible athletes as much as rugby players. Yeah. You see that on the seventh circuit. I mean, it's insane. But yeah. um, the reason why England can do what they do is because from a physical sp- um, perspective, they are specimens. They yeah. are fit. They are strong. And they put the effort in. And it really breaks me when people say, oh, it's because we've got professional contracts. No. It's be- I wasn't professional for 12 years, yeah. but yet I was fit, I was in shape, I w- worked my absolute socks off, and you just have to have fine time. And it probably works both ways as well. You've got the likes of Flaky George is is quite a, a big girl for, for playing at 12, but then you've got Jazz Joyce on the wing and there's nothing to her, and maybe building a bit of size and conditioning that way might help I don't her th- a bit. I don't think much more size can go on to Jazz. <laughs> She's like a racing snake, um, unless you put weights in her pockets. Yeah, <laughs> I, but she punches way above her weight. Um, I'm so pleased that she got that try on the weekend. Oh, unbelievable try! The uh, the non try against Italy. Somebody she did one of those little Q and A's on her Insta story the other day, <laughs> and someone said, "What's the best try you've scored for Wales?" She said, "The one I didn't score against <laughs> Italy." It's true <laughs> though. I mean, to be fair, if, if the pass hadn't been forward, it was a great try because yeah. she got around some awesome defenders. But she did well on Sunday and got the handoff in and, and finished. Well, she went in and away yeah um i actually thought before they did the, well i actually thought she put the ball down before the line oh yeah if you actually look back the very first take of that it looks like, looks like she put it on the five, five meter line no i'm joking like literally we're, uh, yeah. we're not gonna take that one off you, no. don't worry. ireland oh they're gonna be gutted not good tournament for them um and in particular uh, the the second, the amount of ball, the amount of territory they had against the Welsh, and they just didn't convert. I actually think I, I actually really liked how some of the the Irish played. Um, I think Sene in the pods that we we recorded, but didn't actually the pod record. That never was. Yeah, um, I'd actually said that that Sene is not a thirteen in terms of that team. Yeah, she needs to be playing at twelve, and then she has been playing at twelve. Hands on the ball, much much uh, more, which you know is only going to benefit any team the way that she carries and how much of a threat she is. Um, I liked um, Ina Breen as well at 13 as a combination. Her lines against the grain were um, awesome, but they just didn't convert. And interesting decision-making. So like early doors, penalty in front of the posts, Ireland go for a scrum, get smashed back um, by the Welsh. I'm not quite sure what happened, but again, another scrum five. I think they got it out, but under a whole heap of pressure. Like, is that a coach's decision or is that a leader's decision on field? Because interestingly, I was in the England-Italy game last week. I was sat up in the media bit and I was near the coaches and, and Blaze said out loud when England had got a penalty and they called a scrum rather than kicking to the line for line out. Yeah. He was like, why have they chosen that? So he was really surprised. Like it was, it was really, obviously he was mu- he wasn't talking to me. He was yeah. muttering, but I overheard. Um, but you were earwigging. Yeah, me. I was. But I, um, yeah, with these massive ears. <laughs> um, the it is interesting to know why a team are calling certain things because I would have backed. I mean, it was in front of the post. I mean, they they would have got the three points yeah. unless they kicked like me. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> they would have got a goal, but not like football style. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I think that that's an area just generally in the women's game. There's certain things, and well, a couple of times in the men's as well. The Irish men, I'm not quite sure some of their decisions for to go for line. Um, the value of building a score v going for going for seven, seven like, point yeah, screens, yeah. Um, especially when you haven't had any scrums. Uh, so if you haven't had a scrum, the scrum that they always say that the first couple of scrums are the levelers, um, and you need to have a couple to know where you're at. Yeah. And three points v finding out how your scrum's doing. And I know the Irish scrum is good, but it's not been consistent. No. Um, yeah, interesting call. Anyway, I think. Are we now starting to see with Ireland the um, detrimental impact of the backing of the sevens game so much there that their fifteens has really kind of gone off the boil? I think they have been hit hard with losing some players, um, but at the same time really interesting um interview uh with Lynn Campwell and um Jenny Murphy and they're talking about how angry and upset they both spoke so well um because they were kind of getting grilled by the guy that was leading yeah. it um about the players will stand up and say that they they've got it wrong they haven't played that well they've lost certain games you know their skill level wasn't good enough at times um but Jenny Murphy was talking about how she just doesn't believe that they're being supported enough. And by, you know, and Lynn Campbell reminded me that they, you know, were fourth at the World Cup in 2014. They beat the Black Ferns. Yeah. She played in that team. We played them in the semi final, thinking, you know, they're the team of the tournament. And we absolutely played our best game because we knew that they were going to be gunning for us. Yeah. Um, they were unlucky to miss out to the French. And I think the home crowd really helped the French. And they just, it was, one game too many but yeah. they've gone from fourth to eighth in the world because they lost the seven eighth place game to wales yeah and you know they got hammered from every angle and yeah. players came out in the press and said all sorts of things and i just think it was a really toxic is probably a really harsh word but a not a very good culture or good group to be part of for whatever reason i don't know i, I wasn't part of it and i and i haven't spoken to enough of the players to I've only like I've only read the press like everybody else, um, but it was just interesting because they talked. Lynn talked about how they need to look at the development. They need to look at grassroots, and but it's not just at grassroots level. It's a transition of taking really good players, well, good players to international level. Yeah, um, because they had um, Nikovar who played at hooker against Wales. Started. She came into this tournament having never played in the front row. If, and coming fresh off of seventh yeah. as well. Yeah, and you know that's great, and she's had great exposure. But if that's the case, they've got to keep her. They can't send her back to sevens now. But oh. you know, it, like that's an. Inv- but then is that the fifteens program choice? They are now the poor relation to the sevens program. The sevens program is where the resource goes from the IRF point, IRFU point of view. Um, I don't think it's a case of letting her go back the sevens program let her go to the 15s yeah fair point um you know it meant that she missed there was obviously a sevens tournament in france over this weekend uh, a friendly invitational and ireland played at that she missed out on that and she might be thinking to herself well is that going to impact my selection for kitakishu canada olympic games yeah and yeah you're right and i think i agree with lynn in terms of they need to put more emphasis and input into um where they want to go with the 15s program from a 
progressive point of view they talked about how they're one of the only nations in Europe not having an under 18 or under 20 program Um, you know every other nation does and that's where players earn their stripes that's where you understand the level that you need to be at as internationals Um, and so that the younger players coming in aren't just thrown in for the first time ever really disappointing tournament for Scotland yeah they'll be really upset with um the the finish. I mean, well, not really with England game, but the one before where they lost to Wales. Yeah, they should have won that, and it was down to kicking. Oh, um, <laughs> in the restart, and yeah, and also other bad news for Scotland is that Shade Munro has now left their head coach. Um, I really like him. I met him um, when he was really new into post. He came down. We had a couple of players. Um, we had Megan Gaffney and Steph Johnson um, training with us with the sevens and he came down and uh, he was so like softly spoken yeah. real kind of gentle giant and of he a is guy. like nine foot tall as well so yeah. it's really surprising I know. he's such a quiet person when you speak to him I, yeah um, I think he probably has to be because if he speaks too loud it would be like a tannoy cause well we're not yeah there. <laughs> think, I've interviewed him a couple of times and by the time what he said has got down to me it's like there's Did a delay on the cold in the yeah you know at Cheltenham they have those sticks that they use when the jockeys <laughs> are on horseback I always felt like I needed one of those <laughs> thanks for demonstrating holding up yeah the, for those the, at home I put my arm in the air then um yeah so it's a shame that that he's um left I saw a tweet actually that attributed um the kind of movement and progress that they've made in terms of professionalism um in that they've given out you know they the way that they're using their resource in scotland and the decisions that they've made to professionalize a group of players and send them to play in france and england and that he'd been a big driver behind that so he certainly will leave that role in a far healthier position to the one that he joined in despite the results at this six nations obviously this women's six nations falls in the middle of a world cup cycle all we talk about with the men's is japan but these teams are in a different position and actually in another two years, by the time Scotland gets to a World Cup. If they get a World if Cup. If they get to the World Cup. Yeah, so it's actually now going to be between, I think the teams are Wales, Scotland, Ireland and Spain in a repechage. I think that's how it's going to work next year. They're going to play off, which is unbelievable to think that only one of those teams will go through like as in a world cup without yeah, yeah, all yeah of them. um and actually three teams could go and spain like spain are actually not too bad um especially if they've got all their sevens players i actually think that scotland i agree in terms of you said about like support of players i actually think scotland are in a better place i think that they had a disappointment disappointing tournament in terms of um some of their results but watching them and the way they played and the way they've brought on players so player like sarah bonner i mentioned last week you know the experience that she's got from playing down in Loughborough and how they're transferring that into, you know, different tactical plays, the way that they ran line out defence, they were standing off teams, they were hit, you know, they were never really going to compete against England, but against other sides, they did really well. Their defence yeah. was phenomenal. Um, I think they, I think the the area they probably need to improve um they've got a really great leader in Rachel Malcolm um she unfortunately wasn't um fit for the England game um but they've got a very young side yeah and I think that they need to um they need to look at on-field leaders and how they step up and the decision making and you know Jay Conkle or 
Conkel. I'm Conkel. Quite, I'm not quite sure which one it is. Neither um, Wardy. Yeah, we're a bit confused. But anyway, um, you know, brilliant player, but actually quite a quiet player on the field yeah. by all accounts. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how or who they get in to do his job. Yeah. Um, how it moves them forward, uh, because I think it, you know. They'll be disappointed, probably not anywhere near as disappointed as Ireland, um, but should hold their heads up because there's been some good rugby this tournament. So um, one thing that I know you wanted to talk about the other week and we haven't talked about, but I want to pick up on, is there was a newspaper article about moving the Women's Six Nations games to midweek. And it's something that struck a chord with you. Yeah, I just thought it was um, it was really nicely written because instead of talking about all of the cliches with the women's game, it was actually looking at things in a really proactive way. It was John Westerby um, in the Times, I think. And he was recognising the challenges of TV time and support over weekends that are hugely saturated from a men's perspective. Um, so, yeah, putting them in the midweek. And it, it was just... It was a good, good article because it looked at the restrictions of the um, women's game, and it had it was a proactive approach in terms of how can we help support the women's game because it is um, a really, it, it needs to be supported more, and it's in a good place, and yeah, it's it's a valuable part of the Six Nations. So on that note, uh, thanks for joining us for episode four, and we'll see you next week. We won't see them, LJ. They'll just hear us. Good point. Well made. Bye for now. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market